Let's uh, turn to Psalm 123. As we get back to jumpstart your spiritual life for 2019, we've talked about the Word and we've talked about the sacraments. Now we get to talk about communicating with God. So many places that we could have picked from Scripture, but I really believe there's something right here in Psalm 123 that's important for us that might kind of frame your prayer life. For the year, for the whole year. Maybe you can just kind of write a few notes and say, this is what I want my prayer life to be like in 2019. Lord, we pray that even as you bring us to your very throne, that we would have a greater sense of who you are, whose we are. Lord, that you would give us a sweet prayer life eager prayer life in 2019. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 123, the word of God. To you, I lift up my eyes. Oh, you who are enthroned in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master. As the eyes of a maidservant look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease of the contempt of the proud. One of the things my mother taught me was to not go places where I wasn't invited. You don't go to people's parties when you're not invited. You don't invite yourself over to people's house for dinner without telling them, you're coming, you need to be invited. And I'll tell you, the amazing thing about prayer is that we are invited to the throne of Almighty God, invited to the throne of power of the universe to talk with God Almighty personally. That's amazing. That's what prayer is. We're invited there to talk to Him Personally, And that's what this psalm is about. You know, God's children, we learn in other passages, and especially in the New Testament, aren't just invited. God wants us. He, he longs for us to come and unburden our hearts before him. Just like parents want their children to come and unburden their hearts so that they can enter into their, their children's world and put their arm around them and love them and, and, and comfort them and advise them. In fact, there are places where God commands us. It's like an imperative to pray. But this morning from Psalm 123, I want to say that that prayer is about three things. And if you'll write these down, please. It all has to do with, with seeing something. Prayer is about looking up. Prayer is about looking intently. And prayer is about looking for mercy. It's about looking up to God. It's about looking intently 
And it's about looking for mercy from God. Prayer is, we read in the the first verse uh, about looking up to you, I lift up my eyes. Oh, you who are enthroned in the heavens. You see, Psalm 123 teaches us the who of prayer as being first. As being primary, more important than the what of prayer. More important than what we say is who we get to be with. He's the one that makes prayer, not us. We are invited. We get to be there. He's already at his throne. He is already embracing us as we pray to him. God loves our petitions and our requests. But prayer starts with recognizing God. I want to talk a little bit about this. To you, I lift up my eyes. Oh, you who are enthroned above the, in the heavens. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, we just prayed the Lord's Prayer. Notice that Jesus echoes Psalm 123 in the beginning of his prayer. What does he say? If you know it's with me, you can say it with me. Our Father who art in heaven. You see that? Hallowed, holy be thy name. To you, prayer starts even for Jesus. To you, I lift up my eyes. This is about the who of prayer. Now, I tell you, sometimes prayer, and and this isn't all bad. I can't stand it when everything's just so either or. Because this is a both and. Petitions are good. But sometimes we kind of treat prayer like, like filling out a form or filling up a cart on amazon.com you know we we just kind of feel like we need something we kind of made our list and we say okay god it's me here's what i need order out of prayer it's like like it's like ordering something to pick it up from home depot or something that's not what prayer is like prayer gets there but it's about who I lift up my eyes, O oh, you who are enthroned above the heaven. You know, when, when we close our eyes to pray, so to speak, you don't have to close your eyes to pray. I'm going to use that as a metaphor. I want you to think about this. It's a metaphor, okay? When we close our eyes to pray, as soon as we close our eyes, we, our eyes are open to an, another world. We kind of, in a way, leave this world and we close our eyes to this world. We bring all that we are. You don't have to, like, get rid of everything before you come to God. No, bring it all before God. We close our eyes and it's a whole new world. I mean, I just can't believe I did that. Um, That's not in my notes, by the way. Close our eyes. and, And... In closing our eyes, in praying, we literally open our eyes to the throne room of God. And we are there. And we immediately are in the presence of the king at this throne of power and glory and and majesty. And you know, it, 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 it is important that we see who of prayer, but it also means our prayers are important. See, you know, we don't, we don't like have to talk to some branch office with a lower level administrator. You close your eyes, you open them, and you are with God. 
That's how important you are to God. That's how important God treats your heart, the the words of your heart, the words of your mind that we call prayer. And the reason I say the words of your heart and mind is you don't have to actually utter words with your mouth to pray. Just two Psalms back. We read in Psalm 121, 1, it's very famous. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We kind of get two Psalms down. It says, I lift up my eyes to you enthroned above the heavens. We're going above the hills to this God who created the hills. We're going straight with prayer to the very throne room of God. I want you to listen I'm just going to rattle off some stuff for you to show you how important prayer is and how important your prayers are. Listen to who it is that you encounter encounter in prayer. He is your creator. He is your father. He is God most high, God of heaven and earth, God of peace, king of glory, king of the ages, living God, Lord of lords, our rock, the first and the last. The Lord my peace, the God who sees, the Lord my provider, the the light of the world, the fountain of all wisdom. He is the master potter. He is the safe hiding place. He is the sovereign Lord. He is the God of compassion. He is the holy one. He is the great and awesome God. That's who's in your prayer closet with you. When you close your eyes to this world, I want you to think how, as as we kind of embark on a year of prayer, how important this is and how important you are to get to go boldly because of Jesus into that throne room and how important your prayers of your heart are. We're going to sing in a little bit after looking at Psalm 123, a, a really famous song called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I just call your attention to this one part. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. That's where I want us to be in our prayer life. This is amazing. We close our eyes. We Closing our eyes is opening them to the throne above the heavens. Secondly, prayer is not just about looking up. Prayer in Psalm 23 is about looking intent, intently, like gazing. You might call it the stare of prayer. I came up with that myself. The stare of prayer. Charles Spurgeon in his wonderful collection on the Psalms called The Treasury of David. He says, you know what? You know what Psalm 123 is? He goes, above all Psalms, let's call this the Psalm of the eye. Because most everything in it has to do with looking, seeing, staring, gazing. There's kind of a rough equivalent in Hebrews chapter 12 of this, kind of the New Testament version of this. I like it in the New American Standard because the words fix your eyes on Jesus, keep, you, keep focused, keep looking. You know, it says, let us, it, it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes, keep looking at Jesus who is both the author the beginner and the finisher of our faith that's who he is this isn't just the ability to see him it's the ability to to keep looking keep coming to God in prayer 
This is about God's glory, the throne of grace. This is about relationship. God the King, the glorious King, is God our Father. And we see this in in verse 2. In verse 2, it's just like really strange to the modern ear verse. It says this, and everybody back then would have gotten it. Like, yeah, that's, that's what it's like. And we're like, what? Verse 2, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master. Look at the hand. I'll explain in a minute. As the eyes of a maid servant look to the hand of her mistress. That's what it's like. It's so our eyes look, keep looking to you. To God, Lord, the Lord our God, till you give us mercy. The Lord our God, if you will notice in your Bible, it is cap, all caps, capital L, capital O, R, D. There are all kinds of names of God in the Old Testament, and all of the other ones. Like Adonai would be a a good example. Elohim would be another example. All those names, and there's more, are represented with capital L, small o, small r, d. When you see all caps, Lord, that is indicative of one name of God and one primary idea. It is Yahweh. Or in the vernacular, Jehovah. And, and what it means is this. Not just the God who exists independent of us. I am. That I am. I just am. Eternal present. No one was before me. No one will be after me. I am God. I am. But Yahweh, all caps, is the covenant name of God. It is the God who is And he's great. It is the God who has chosen to love sinners. And not just love sinners. Make promises. Bind himself. Can you imagine the God on the throne binding himself by very precious to us promises. Always to be there for us. Always to care. Always to provide everything that we need. And God, of course, we Understand is this God of relationship who keeps his promises. He is now, we get it from the New Testament. Yeah, he, he kept his promise. He sent his son. His son was the final lamb of God slain for me so that through his blood I now can come into I without a priest between me. I now because... He is Yahweh because he is faithful. I can actually come into that throne room and that king on the throne is my father. And kids, just like, you know, kids can can sit and just hang out with their dad, so to speak. We can be with our father and he will love us. And and there is this, there is this, this sense of, of confidence that we have before him. Um, and it's kind of shown like in, in a wonderful way by this illustration 
that the psalmist uses. I mean, what is all this servant and maidservant stuff about? Tell you what it's about. It's about how tuned in we can be and should be to the God who loves us, is over our lives, is ruling over us, and is guiding our lives. And uh, we can tune in to him. This language is not strange to Old Testament people. Let me read it again. Behold, see, here's an illustration, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant look to the hand of her mistress, just like that, so our eyes look to Yahweh, capital all caps, Yahweh our God, until he has mercy on us. One of my favorite professors is Dr. Richard Pratt who was my teacher and um, who wrote a great book called Pray With Your Eyes Open. And, and one, of the, one of the places in that book talks about, it's the first time I heard it in class, by the way, not just in a book, about Psalm 123 and about this thing about looking at the hand. Um, the idea was that being a servant in that culture was by and large voluntary And the servant imagery here, I'm quoting Richard, is intended to, number one, underscore our utter need, just like a servant needs the master to provide, our utter need of God's provision, our dependency upon God, and secondly, to to properly show our need for humility before God. Because we are not just his children. We are his servants. It shows our roles as his servants to carry out his wishes. So, the hands. It's all in the hands. In those days, servants were trained to respond to their master's hand signals. So, let's say there was a dinner party or something like that in that culture... The, the servant would stand against the wall with their hands like this, okay? Staring at the hand of the master or the mistress. And, and servants didn't say, Jeeves, would you please go bring the dinner now? All they had to do was give a hand signal and dinner would be served. Um, could have been a, the waving of a hand. Could have been uh, some kind of a movement of a finger. Um, sometimes when we're out, Gina has a sign, it's time for me to stop talking. And it's not this. <laughs> sometimes I don't get the sign very well. <laughs> or maybe it's a hand extended like, no, we, we don't want that now. Or, you know, to say, go back. But he would stand with his or her with her hands folded on their chest and concentrate to anticipate the master's desires and not miss any signals. What's being conveyed here is our, our dependency upon God and our, our humility. But what's also being conveyed is that prayer is more than just kind of imagining God. It really is focusing deeply on God himself in this relationship that we have uh, reminds me of the hand signals in baseball. You know, when that runner's going, he's looking at one person going around, you know, and, and it's that third base coach, right? And if the third base coach does this, it means run. 
I remember when I was in college, I was in a social fraternity, which I did not join to meet Jesus, by the way, but I did. Man, I believe God can, can save people in any place in the world if he can do it in the social fraternity that he saved me in. I'm, I'm a believer in missions. But um, when we were pledges, which is kind of lower than humanity, I think, uh, we had to, during dinner, line the walls. So we lined the walls. And the pledges had to stare. We, everybody was looking, looking, looking. Because if any one of the brothers even moved a finger, you know, kind of like an auction when you rub, you rub your nose and you bought something, you know, and you didn't know. If, if they moved a finger, we all rushed to them. And if you didn't get there, I'm talking about everybody on the wall. It was ridiculous. And... Uh, They would try to do as little movement as possible because if you didn't come, you had to do long recitations and about 50 push-ups. So let me tell you, we were focused in on those hand signals just so prayer is to be tuned in to God. It's not just that we imagine a throne of God. Y'all, we are there in utter dependency upon Yahweh our God looking at his full commitment to us, full commitment to us. Help God, help me understand what this relationship means. Let prayer be drawn out of me, not just because you're enthroned and in charge of everything, but because you are Yahweh, my God. Allow me that kind of laser beam focus on you And your steadfast love. Allow me to look at you expectantly in humility for your acts of kindness and grace and for you to move. So, first, prayer is looking up enthroned. Secondly, it's it's looking intently at the God of relationship and learning more from him about who you are and the God who answers your prayers anticipating that he's listening because you're his. He is Yahweh God. But thirdly, prayer is looking for mercy. Y'all, this is a really big point that really touches down in my life. And I hope it will touch down in your life in 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 a meaningful way. Yahweh wants to receive our prayers. You know, Brad, you started praying. You said, first of all, God, I want to thank you for listening. Yahweh wants to listen to us. He's always awake. He, he's never, he's always home. His love never dries up. He always will listen to your prayers. Imagine that. The God of the universe, your father, wants to listen to your heart just pouring out, maybe not with words, or maybe verbally with words. I want you to think how significant it is in your life when a person actually focuses in and listens intently to you. In a world of screens, we don't have as much focus And real listening. God doesn't have an iPad. He already knows everything. 
God's never Googled one time. When a person listens to you, it's not just that you're there with them, but you are listening. And when a person listens to you, there is a sense in which they have received you. You're like you're the only person in the universe at that moment, so to speak, and they have accepted you. I don't know that they don't have to accept what you're saying, it may not be true, but they've accepted you enough to receive you, and really they've honored you, right? Imagine that the God of the universe honors you. Like, will we ever get over the fact that we close our eyes from this world, we open and we're at the throne of grace and we see the king of all glory and we discover he is Yahweh God, our father. It's amazing. And he's listening to us. God, God can run the whole universe and be all focused on you at the, at the same time. He's the, the only true multitasker. Everybody that claims they're multitaskers really aren't, by the way. I think probably I need to stop and listen. And you need to stop and listen to people as well. God is listening to you. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then you will pray to me and come and call upon me and I will listen to you, declares the Lord. That's amazing, isn't it? I will listen to you, you will seek me, and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will listen to you. I will accept you, I will honor you by listening to you. God hears our prayers. God reads our hearts while we're praying. And we learn in this passage, and this is so critical, That God answers our prayers. Now we're talking. But he answers our prayers with mercy. He answers our prayers with mercy. The Lord's mercy is what we need. And God answers our prayers with mercy. So... As you see in the passage, we look to God like a servant staring at the hands of a master. That intently in relationship so that God can show us, give us mercy. Let me just read it again. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of maidservants look to the hand of her mistress, so also, so our eyes look to Yahweh our God till he has mercy on us have mercy on us O Yahweh have mercy upon us for we have had more than enough of contempt our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease of the contempt of the proud so we're not sure who the author of this psalm is and we don't know what he was going through. There's all these conjectures. I won't go through it. It might be David. It might be this. It might be in Babylon. I'll, I'll spare you all the might be's. We know this. This person is going through some really stressful things in their life that has to do with major league contempt. Major league, not just contempt. It's worse than contempt. It's scorn. 
This person is running to God. Out of the contempt and scorn of the proud, we take it by the proud. Those are at ease. People that do not know the Lord and are just all over this person who knows God, but is just taking it in the teeth. The person that doesn't know God's not taking it in the teeth. And the person that knows God is taking it in the teeth. You understand this? And so he is going to God. So we don't know exactly what it is. But he's bearing up under some kind of pressure. And it's important to see that this person doesn't first say, Oh God, deal with these people. No, he first acknowledges God to you, oh, you who dwell. He acknowledges in this intent stare the Yahweh God to you who, not just all powerful and can handle it all, you who love me. And then he asks for help. But he asks for help with a definition that I'm not sure you and I are as comfortable with as we could be. It's defined by mercy. By mercy. This is a, this is a person who is not mad with God for having to endure stuff, but, but looking to God for his answer out of a relationship Looking to God for his answer wrapped in mercy. You know, how we view our lives shapes how we pray with God and to God. We need to grasp that there's no asterisk by your name in a fallen world as if if you should have this perfectly clean desktop with no difficulty, no struggle, no disappointment, no anger, no fear. You should have this perfectly clean desktop because you're you. And you're so special. And you're just going to be upset and angry and and just try to, your whole life's going to be trying to clear this desktop So you can finally achieve happiness or something. And it's never going to be cleared. Clear out some people off your desktop. Don't look down. There are other people who are already on it. Bringing you trouble from a different angle. In a fallen world, guys. We are more self-focused than we would want to admit. And self-focused people do stuff. Think stuff. It's just like clash. Hard things happen in a fallen world. Nobody gets out. So how you look at your world is real important. As if there's some asterisk by you and you can control everything and clear that desktop and be happy. Nope. I have no clue what the prayer life of a person that thinks that even looks like. Other than I know what I want God. I'm asking you to do it. And I'm asking you to do it now. God, my desktop is still cluttered with stuff I don't like. I'm asking for you to do it now. We all have struggles, fears, disappointments. All of us. 
And sometimes we fail to realize that everyone else is just as scared as you. Please believe me. Everyone in this room is just as scared as you. Everyone in this room is worn down in a fallen world like you. And you need to embrace that for the sake of your prayer life. It's normal in a fallen world. And then we spend our days anxiously, angrily, busily, dutifully just trying to clear the desk of our lives so we can find our happiness. Get rid of all unsavory or unwanted things, at least unsavory or unwanted to us. And we're not going to be okay till it stays clear. Good luck with that. When all along, God has never promised for us to ever, ever have some clear desktop of life. You can see that in a computer way of your desktop. Or you can see that in a desk. God has never promised for everything to go well for you. He hadn't even promised to answer your prayers just the way you pray them. You need to understand that too. He answers us with mercy. Tailor-made mercy. If you're just trying to get what you want and clear your desktop, you're wasting your life. And your prayers are more like placing an order at Amazon.com than they are lifting your eyes to the throne room of God, focusing on Jesus who died for you, Yahweh God who loves you, cares, will meet your needs, will meet your needs according to his love and according to his mercy. See, it's not just answers and solutions we need from God. It's relationship with God And it is answers wrapped in mercy. Now, mercy is a word that acknowledges we don't exactly know what we need. But God does. Have mercy on us, O Yahweh. Have mercy on us. You choose. You answer. Just let it be mercy. And when he gives us the answer to our prayer, it may not be exactly what we ask for, the way we ask for it, but the God who loves us, who's in control, it will be mercy or at least another installment of mercy along the way of many, many installments of mercy along this pilgrimage that we're just walking together in a fallen world, all scared, all disappointed at some level, all afraid, all upset and then there's this little word that I know we don't like T-I-L-L verse 2 so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy on us rut row That means God will answer in the way he wants to answer, which will be mercy and best when he wants to answer. 
Wait a minute. I order from Amazon. I'm a Prime member. I order from Amazon and it's here two days later without fail. Sometimes one day later. How'd they do that, y'all? Jeff Bezos is not a little lower than the angels, even though he's trying to get us into space. He's not. So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy on us. It's not just mercy. It's on God's timetable. Not ours. Let me finish. It's because the relationship is actually more important than the answer. It's because this man or woman looks for mercy more than quick, directly dictated results. This is about Psalm 123, the eyes. This is about looking up. It is about a heart of worship. It is about intently looking in a relationship. You know, God is the judge, right? We look at God, the glorious and the judge, and we find a father? Wow! Who, Yahweh, who dies on the cross for us and loves us, and it's intently having prayers with God, sharing our hearts to God, and then allowing God to answer when he wants to answer, the way he wants to answer, trusting in him that it is covenant-keeping mercy to us. So we pray with God, to God. Don't just pray to God this year. Pray with God, to God, and receive mercy from God. So, let me just quote from the song we're about to sing. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? The answer is yes. You should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a privilege. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, right there, we closed our eyes and we're at the throne room. As beautiful as this place is, set apart solely for your worship, the best we have, your throne room is infinitely greater. You are greater than we dare imagine. Thank you that through Jesus we can look at you. We can boldly go before the throne of grace because of your blood and pour out our hearts and receive your mercy in our time of need. Lord, would you help us to be amazed at the who of prayer and who we get to be with? Would you help us to be maybe even more amazed that that we're yours through Jesus? If you've never put your trust in what Christ has done, you can't earn it on your own. He took all your sins upon himself and died for you so that you could come into the arms of a holy and majestic God who is your father. If you've trusted in him. But Lord also, would you help us to see 
that we're not the only ones who are scared. We're not the only ones who are upset. We're not the only ones who are afraid or angry. Everybody sitting right next to us has variations on those themes. And Lord, deliver us from just trying to turn levers with you, just fighting with you and everybody else to clear the desktop of our lives, which makes us miserable in the end. Would you deliver us from a misery and an emptiness of our own making? But Lord, in 2019, help us look up Help us to look intently in relationship. And Lord, we will look for mercy. Have mercy on us, O Yahweh. Have mercy on us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.